Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. A wonderful day today. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder how many of us truly realize and have a revelation of what actually took place on the cross, what Jesus did, and not only what he did, but also what he gave us. And the responsibilities he placed upon the church so that the church may continue the work that he has begun. And so we're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through to 21. And I pray the Lord by his spirit, as Michael prayed, that that he would open our minds to truly and fully understand and appreciate these very statements that Paul made in his epistle to the Corinthians. These are some of my favorite verses in the Bible. They're all my favorite verses, but these, they stand out. And so we read from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Can I see the hands of all those that are new creations in Christ, please? Wonderful. Praise God. Almost everyone. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Last Sunday, Pastor Frank so articulately, so articulously and powerfully communicated the good news that we are in Christ Jesus. And because we are in him, we are righteous, we are redeemed, we are wise, we are sanctified, we are blessed beyond measure, simply because God placed us in Christ. Amen. Together with that blessing comes an awesome responsibility. 
And that's what Paul is referring to here. The words that he wrote to the Corinthians in the first century apply to us today as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says in a nutshell. Paul declares by the Spirit of God that God reconciled to himself the world through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? That means that each and every one of you are ministers of reconciliation. Did you know that? You are a minister of reconciliation. Well, let's look at what the word means. The word reconciliation comes from the Greek family of words that has its roots in the word alasso, meaning to change or exchange. Now, reconciliation, therefore, involves a change in the relationship between God and man and man to man. It assumes there has been a breakdown in the relationship, but now there has been a change from a state of enmity and fragmentation to one of harmony and fellowship. In other words, what stood against us and what stood between us and God, Jesus took it, he nailed it to the cross, and he's done away with it. Now, nothing stands between you and God because you believed the message of the gospel and accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. You were reconciled to God. Furthermore, the biblical definition of reconciliation is the end of the estrangement caused by original sin between God and humanity. So Jesus entered our world to end the conflict between man and God. Amen? He satisfied through his death and resurrection, God's requirements for reconciliation. There was no way that God would reconcile himself with a sinful man. Unless the sinless Lamb of God, the very Son of God who never sinned, comes into the world, takes upon himself all of the sin of the world, past, present, and future, upon himself, receiving the very curse and judgment and the wrath of God and done away with it so that you and I will escape judgment. And so we were brought back into fellowship with God. But that does not stop there. The Apostle Paul says, we are ambassadors of Christ. Not only you are a child of God, but you are an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are here to represent the country where you come from. You are not of the earth, Jesus said. You are not of this world. You are in it, but you're not of it. 
That tells me that because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, I have come from heaven to represent the kingdom of God, to represent my country, to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. As an ambassador of Christ, I have the responsibility of communicating the message of reconciliation to the sinful world. And what is that message? Hey, God is not angry with you anymore. God loves you. He cares so much for you. That's the message you and I are to communicate to the unbelieving world. The world doesn't need our judgment. But they desperately need the love of God. And we are, as ambassadors of Christ, to communicate that message, and it's called the message of the gospel, the message of reconciliation, that God loves the sinner. God loves the adulterer. God loves the thief. God loves the homosexual. God loves the most ungodly people. He loves them. And because He loves them, He sent Jesus to die on their behalf, and so we as ambassadors of Christ are called to go out and share this message. And in fact, the Apostle Paul says, we implore you, be reconciled to God. What does the word implore mean? I looked it up on the dic- in the dictionary. It says, I am begging you earnestly, I'm begging you, be reconciled to God because God reconciled himself to you. How? Repent? What does repent mean? Change the way you think about God, change the way you think about yourself, and change the way you think about the life you're living. Turn. And accept this message of the gospel. It has the power to deliver you, to save you, to heal you, and to restore everything that you and I have lost through the rebellion of Adam. Adam lost the garden, but he also lost the dominion, the authority, the very presence of God. He was kicked out of the garden. But Jesus came to restore everything that we have lost because of the high treason of our forefather. That's the message of reconciliation. Are you with me? Now, not only have we received this commission, which is called the Great Commission, the Lord has sent the person of the Holy Spirit to live within us, to bring the very love of God in our hearts, to empower us to be able to declare this message of reconciliation, not just with words, but also with signs, wonders, and deeds. He didn't leave us on our own to declare this message to a world that hates God. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us 
the power, the unction, the anointing. And he told the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. You will be empowered so when you go and share this message, you will have results. Amen. Amen. Now, there are many ways of communicating this message. The message of love, the message of reconciliation, the message of the gospel. But the most effective way that I know how is by sharing and by caring and by loving those who are in our sphere of influence. That's the most effective way that I have experienced that I know of. It is by showing how much you care and how much you love those that are in your world, those that are in your community, those that you see almost every day. It can be the place of work. It can be your neighborhood. It can be a, a social club that you're part of. If you show them you care, if you show them you love them, their hearts and minds will open up to receive what you have to share with them. That's what I've experienced anyway. The Bible says in Romans chapter, three, chapter 2 and verse 4, it is the goodness and the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repent. Well, you might be the only goodness of God they will ever see. Are you listening to me? So you show them goodness, the goodness of God, because He lives in you. You show care. You show love. You minister to them in the love of God. And what? Their hearts will open. And that will lead them to repentance. Are you with me? Now, listen to what Paul says. Owe no man anything but to love. What is he saying? He's saying that you and I are not to owe anyone except love. That tells me I am a debtor. I am a debtor to you. I am a debtor to my world. What do I owe them? Love. Listen to Paul speaking again in Romans chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. I am a debtor, he says, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as it is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. Did you hear that? He had a sense of being a debtor. And in another place he says, woe is me if I do not preach this gospel. He had such a revelation of, what, of, of the love of God and of his responsibility toward his fellow man. 
And he says, I'm a debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise, to Greeks and to Jews, and I am ready, as far as it lies with me, I'm ready to go to the ends of the earth in order to communicate this message that is so powerful. He says the gospel is the power of God to save everyone who believes it. He understood and he had a clear revelation of the preciousness of the gospel and the power of the gospel and he fully understood his responsibility to communicate this message to everyone. What a man and what a heart. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but the truth is we are indebted to the world. We owe them this message of love. We owe them this message of the gospel. Amen. The world has no use for our judgments, but they have great need of the love of God. And also, we don't, we don't just tell them we love them. We show them. We show them. Family of God, I don't know whether you realize it or not, but the gospel is not all about us and how blessed we are and what I can get from God. And hallelujah, I'm blessed beyond measure. God has given me this. God has blessed me this. But the gospel, it's not all about us. The gospel belongs to the entire world, to the community you live and walk and fellowship with, to the people you see every day. It belongs to them. Jesus died for them as well as for us. And if the church does not wake up and receive this responsibility seriously and begin to pray for the Lord to give her the opportunity and the platforms to share this love of God, we will be held responsible one day. Remember what God said to Ezekiel? If I say to the wicked man, you will die, and you do not warn him, his blood will I require at your hands. I don't want when I go to heaven and, 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 and I meet someone there, or the, from the depths of hell they cry out, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me that God loved you? Why didn't you tell me that I could have been saved and, and escaped this horrible place that I am in? The gospel belongs to the whole world. Now, how we carry out this assignment, listen carefully, and where, depends entirely on the leading of the Holy Spirit, on our availability and willingness, and according to the gifts and the talents that God has blessed you. The way I communicate it might be very different from you. And I'm going to give you some examples how I learned. Nobody taught me but the Spirit of the living God. Even as a young believer, nobody told me I had to share the gospel. No pastor told me. No man told me. But the Spirit began to prompt and to lead and to guide me and to show me ways how to get into the hearts of people. 
And I'm going to give you some examples. May I do that? Hallelujah. Remember, how we share this message depends on the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if you have not received the Holy Spirit, you can receive him right now where you're sitting. Simply open up your heart and receive him by faith. It belong, he belongs to you. It is the gift of God to all who believe in Jesus Christ. Don't remain without the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot live the way God wants you to live without being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And make sure you have the evidence too. Amen. It depends how the Spirit will lead you. It also depends on your availability. Are you making yourself available every day? It depends on our willingness. Are you willing even sometimes to be ridiculed and even to be rejected? And you will be. Not everybody's going to receive what you're sharing with them. But I do believe this, that if you insist and persist in loving that person and showing them constant care and love and support, and encouragement, sooner or later, their hearts will open up. They will learn to trust you, and they will learn to respect you. Amen. Right. My very first assignment I received from the Lord, in fact, the very first night I was born again, I received my first assignment. And that was... The Spirit said to me, as a young believer, go back to your own house, to your wife and to your family, and show them what great things the Lord has done for you. That was the first assignment. The very first night I was born again, right here. No loud voice, no thunder from heaven, just a knowing and a witness and a whisper that I could have missed it. Go back to your own house. Remember, remember to whom the Lord Jesus said these words? It was to the demoniac from Gadara whom he delivered from a legion of demons. And the man wanted to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, no, go back to your own home. And show what great things God has done for you. And I heard the same words. I didn't know they were in the Bible. I found them later. You see, the Spirit will always lead you according to the Word of God. Amen? And so, here it is. I was to put my life on display. Do you know what that means? On display and... Show them what the power, my family, my wife, my in-laws, my mom and dad, show them by my life what great things the Lord has done for me. Show them how powerful this gospel is. And I did by the grace of God. Because they knew who I was before I believed. And now they see this new man after I had believed. Yes, it took a while. 
But they came to a place. Even my father-in-law, whom was furious when he heard that I was born again, he thought I became a heretic. My wife found my teaching tapes in his car one day, and he was listening to, to the preaching I was preaching. Yes. Praise God. I believe I'm going to see him up there when I get up there in heaven. Praise God. So that was my first assignment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Over the years, I have come to value and appreciate so much this wonderful gospel which God has entrusted to us. Let me ask you this question. How much do you value the message of the gospel? How much do you value? How much do you appreciate this message that has rescued you from the power of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of God? How much do you value? How much do you appreciate it? What has the gospel done for you? That's a good question. I have seen and experienced the power of the gospel, not just in my own life, but in the life of all those that I shared it with. I've seen what the gospel can do. No wonder, Paul said, it is the power of God to save everyone who believes its message. But you have to believe it. That's how powerful this gospel is. To transform your life. To bring you out of the dominion of Satan. To make you a child of God. To put you into the royal family. And make you righteous and accepted by God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's how powerful it is. The gospel is what saved me from myself. I almost committed suicide. But it was the gospel that rescued me from my own rebellious self. It was the gospel that brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is the gospel who saved my marriage. It is the gospel who rescued and restored my relationship with my parents. It is the gospel who empowered me to live a life that is worth pleasing to the Lord. It is the gospel that enabled my wife and I to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It is the gospel that brought me out of poverty and lack into the glorious riches of Christ. It is the gospel who restored my soul, renewed my mind, and brought health and healing to my body. That's what the gospel can do. And I pray the Lord will give you revelation of how precious this gospel is that we've become so familiar with. And we have become so selfish thinking that it's all about us. There is a world that is dying all around you and they desperately need to hear and receive what you have received. Will you share it with them? Will you have enough courage and enough boldness to share this gospel 
with those who do not know the Lord. And I'm going to challenge you, and I'm challenging you today. Amen? Amen. It's my personal conviction. I might be wrong. But the primary reason we're not readily and joyfully sharing this message is because we either lost sight of its power and significance or we have never experienced its transforming power. It's my personal conviction that the main reason why we are not so joyfully and so readily and so willingly share the message of this gospel is because we lost sight of its value, of its significance, of its power, or you have never experienced its transforming power in your life. Because if you have, listen, you cannot remain silent. You cannot remain silent. I remember when I came fresh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, week, I was one week old, and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. No, sir, nobody could keep my mouth shut. As a result, I faced persecution, I faced rejection, but I wouldn't keep quiet for anybody. The second assignment I received, now listen carefully. How did you receive this assignment, Pastor? Well, I'll tell you this. If you spend time with the Lord every day, if you read His Word, if you fellowship with Him, if you get close to Him, you're going to pick up His heart. You're going to pick up His desire. I'm sitting in church every Sunday morning, and my heart was burdened and broken for my country fellow men. And I'm saying to myself, what am I doing here? I should be with them. I should be sharing this love with them. So I started praying. I started fasting. I started interceding on behalf of the entire Greek community that I was part of. And that's the first step, by the way. As I prayed, the Spirit led me to two families. The first two that I witnessed to, and both believed. I remember the elderly couple. My wife remembers them very well. They had a, same, they had a store, a clothing store, in, on the same street that we had ours. They were elderly. And the man couldn't do books, couldn't keep proper books. And you know what? Every Saturday, my wife is a witness. We closed the store, 1 o'clock. I would go have lunch, and I would go visit with him. Just sit in fellowship with him. In the process of time, I discovered their needs. And I said to my wife, you know, Kiriako can't keep books. She said, I, I, will, I will help him. She stepped in and did the books for every month. She would keep books for him. He was so taken aback by the love and the care that we showed. You show kindness and love. Find out what the needs are for those that you're praying for and begin to minister into those needs. And I led them to the Lord in the process of time. 
Before long, I had a little group looking to me. I was not a pastor. I was not a preacher. I was just a businessman minding my own business and sharing the gospel because I believe it was my responsibility to share. And this came so naturally. Nobody pushed me. Nobody told me. It just flowed out of me. If you love God, you cannot but love people. Are you listening to me, folks? If you love God, you cannot but love people. It's all about loving people. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. Love them. Minister to them. Encourage them. And when this elderly couple, the husband died, the wife was left on her own, elderly lady. And God spoke to us. He said, this is your mother now. Take care of her. And we would do that with my wife. Look after her. Give her money to go to Greece and visit her friends and her relatives that she hasn't seen for years. And every time she would say to me, Andrea, you don't know how thankful I am to God and to you for sending you to me and bringing me at this late age. She was a staunch Orthodox to Christ. And with tears in her eyes, so grateful that I shared the gospel with her. That was the second assignment. You see, if you're faithful in the little, God will entrust you with much. You will never know how much joy and fulfillment comes until you experience it and lead someone to Christ. You'll never experience that unless you experience it, unless you take someone and lead him by the hand and bring him to Christ. The third assignment, the Spirit of the Lord prompted me because my heart was so burdened for the entire Greek community that I was part of. I don't know how many families, maybe 20 families left, 30 families, I don't know. I haven't counted them. We were a very close-knit community. We knew each other. They knew me. I knew them. They knew my in-laws. And my heart would break. Listen to me. Unless your heart breaks for people, you will not be successful in sharing the gospel. Ask God to break your heart for what breaks his. We sit so comfortably in church. We are so complacent while the world around us is dying. And we don't seem to care. The houses are on fire, and we don't seem to care. It was William Booth who said, I wish that God would help me place my disciples for five minutes over the fires of hell. And then they would go out and evangelize. 
Has the Lord ever burdened your heart and broken it on behalf of someone? Start little. I didn't start where I am today. God gave me a little assignment. And I believe if I was disobedient to the Spirit, I would never be here today. And then, this is the third assignment. In prayer, in fasting. The Lord said, I want you to invite the entire Greek community to your house every week. And share the gospel with them. By that time... I was respected in the community because they witnessed who I am and they saw my life. So I invited them every Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock in the evening. Our house was wide open. Every single member of that community, my wife is a witness, came every week except two families. Those were the families that persecuted me. But they were there every week. And I I didn't know much, but I knew repent and believe. That's what I preached. Repent and believe. And I would open the Gospels. I did not receive formal training. And when I asked the Lord, Lord, do you want me to do this? I'm not a pastor. I haven't been to seminary. I haven't been to Bible school. And the Spirit of God spoke up and he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. You go. And I did. Every week, every Tuesday, I would have something to share with them. The fourth assignment. Now he said, I want you to go around the Greek communities of Zimbabwe. Every single one of them. And I want you to hire a hall or use the Greek community halls and invite them to receive the gospel. You know what? I recall one day I was in in Gweru. And people came, and the, and the hall was filled with people. <laughs> and my knees started shaking. Lord, what am I doing here? I almost walked out. But the Spirit strengthened me, and I shared that message. And the whole Greek community of Zimbabwe heard the message of the gospel from someone who didn't have Bible school, seminary, graduate, nothing. Just a simple businessman who loved his community because the love of God was shared abroad in my heart by the Spirit of God. One assignment after the other. From Zimbabwe, the Lord took me to South Africa, to Greece, to the United States, to Cyprus, to Canada, to Australia, exclusively doing the work of an evangelist. He instructed me to put my messages on tape. We had tapes in those years. 
And he said, put every message you preach on tape and send it out to whosoever will free of charge. Many were saved. Many were healed. Why am I sharing this to, 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 to boast or brag or to tell you that I'm... So, no, I'm not, I'm not anyone special. I'm just showing you or, or explaining to you that you can start from where you are. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I'm available. Lord, burden my heart for someone, my neighborhood, the people I see every day. Help me because your word says I am a minister of reconciliation. That means I have a ministry. Realize that. See yourself as a minister of reconciliation. See yourself as an ambassador of Christ, representing your government, and share that message with them. Love them. Care for them. Pray for them. And the Spirit of the Lord will guide you step by step by step. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.